Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to Love High. My name is Florence Bark and in this podcast, it's all about love, connecting you with love, relationships, yourself and everything in between. In this episode, I'm talking to Orsa and David for part two, where we answer your listeners' questions. Welcome back to Love High. I'm so excited that you're back here again for part two of what was an incredible conversation with Orsa and David. Orsa and David are relationship coaches and coaches when it comes to femininity, masculinity. David specializes more with the men, also more with women. They help people connect with themselves in order to live happy and fulfilling lives when it comes to love, life and relationships. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to remind you of the Patreon. So please join me over there to be part of the community, the creative process, support me and the podcast, and also be linked up with strangers all over the world to talk about love, relationships, life, and just get general advice from me and the community. So head on over there. It's patreon.com slash love. Hi, I'll see you over there. So in this episode, you sent me in some questions over on Instagram about what you would want to know from a relationship coach. So I then recounted your questions to Orsa and David and oh my God, their answers are fucking mind blowing. I learned so much from them and I hope you will too. So let's get into this conversation. Okay, so we are back again with Orsa and David. Hi again. Hello, hello. Afternoon. (laughs) 
I'm so ready to ask you these listeners questions because I was just so happy and excited about all the engagement that I was getting and just everyone's kind of openness to want to Mm. learn as well. That's what I found really beautiful. So, yeah, let's let's uh, dive straight into it. So the first question is how to approach difficult conversations and make a safe space for both people in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. First of all is to make sure that you have time, mm-hmm. like asking, you know, there is something that I would love to talk to you about. And I, you know, there is something that I would love to yeah, have a conversation. Uh, when is a good time for you to have this? I would advise that you have time before so that you can, you know, what do you need to do in order to ground yourself, to just be aware of fears and and stories and all these things. So you can come in as a more most centered way to the conversation and allow your partner to do the same. And then having the conversation, sometimes when, especially if we have difficult conversation, the conversation may go on for some time. And then once the conversation is close and complete for now, um, it's also having like emotional aftercare you know what do Mm. we need is that you know maybe it's like hugging maybe it's you know lying down you know being held maybe it's going for a walk just making sure that we have the time to do like the before care like having the conversation and aftercare so it is so important to create the time and it's also to be aware of your own thoughts stories fears and also allow that your partner will have the same You know, it's very easy to go into a conversation like I'm allowed to have all my fears, but my partner is absolutely not allowed to have his or hers. And so that's something that's very important. And once you start to have a conversation, it's nice to set an intention. The intention for me to share this today is because I want to continue to be honest with you. You know, don't say anything that you don't mean, but, you know, I really um, adore you. I want to continue growing with you. And there is something that has come up for me that I would love to share with you today. You know, because it's when conversations get hard, it's very good to come back and anchor yourself into the intention and just remember why before, yes. before your mind is, you know, making stories that, oh, they're just going to tell me I'm shit. And, you know, um, so that's something important. And it can also be good when you have a conversation to start with something that is going well, you know, obviously do say things that is true, but sometimes it can be, you know, triggering for someone to he- hear something difficult. So say something that feels true and something that feels honest about the partnership about themselves and Mm -hmm. then speaking from a place of I my experience this have happened this is what I make it mean this is what has come up for me and I would love and once you said that it's also to you know be quiet and allow your partner to to have a reaction allow them to feel what they're feeling allow them to say something and just like create space to listen to them and just accept and and know that they're a human being and they will have some fears about what you've just said and yeah i'd say this sounds really basic when you're having a difficult conversation ensure that you're breathing (laughs) i know this sounds really simple but we have a really bad habit of we start breathing very shallow into our chest and Breathing shallow into our chest creates anxiety in our body, right? 
Mm. And it, it just basically, it starts, it may become more overloaded with emotion, meaning we can't really listen to the person as well. So in, inside of having a difficult conversation, um, I'd say the, the reflecting, some, yeah. something that comes from something called Amargo therapy is couples dialogue, they call it in there. And if it it's everything inside, everything also said is like, when someone has something to share is like, they, they're sharing you let them speak and then the other person reflects back. What did they say? You can paraphrase, you can like shorten things, but you're not critiquing, you're not modifying, you're not responding to, you're just reflecting back the information, right? Yeah. And then you reflect back the emotion that's there. And the other person can say, hey, though, that isn't quite what I meant or quite what I said, what I meant was this, this and this. Does that make sense? Yes. Because then we're staying in the level of what's being said plus the emotion that's underneath what's being said. And we're yeah. keeping at bay our story and our narrative about the person or our fears. Mm. And you can, you know, you can flip that back and forth, but the key is, is to stay in the structure, right? And this is, especially if, you know, you're starting out in this, it's like, if you stay in the structure, then it allows both people to talk, it allows the emotion to be expressed, but it removes the your interpretive story of what's being said. And that means that we can both be heard we might be listened to, things can be shared. And then adding in the level of presence that I said is like actually really, you know, being present, breathing. You know, if you want a, a good technique for this, I, I teach this to the men I work with. If you're sitting or standing, it doesn't make a difference. Both feet on the ground, feel the soles of your feet. You're breathing in for four, a count of four or five. So it's like... in and out as you're listening because yeah. you're feeling the soles of your feet you're feeling your breath you're listening to the words right and you're just listening to understand you're not listening to respond and this will keep you out of the 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 the, the mind loop and in what's happening in this moment and and that's probably it stops you getting from high getting hijacked emotionally and um, it just keeps you there yeah. and that's a really important part I've, for me that's been really something i've been practicing a lot in the last two years and it's made a massive difference to how we're able to resolve conflict and be heard and listened to yes and i we're both big on direction to take a relationship a conversation something forward so it's also to of course speak about the thing and then you know mm. what do we what solutions do we see what do we get to take accountability for creating what can i create what can they create what can we create um, and what do we you know how can we support each other what do you need from me and what do I need from you? So like, we're just very clear. Okay. This is the conversation. Now we've also heard each other's fears or, you know, maybe they don't even exist. Then it's like, all right, this is out. Uh, what do we get to do about it? And how can we support each other through this? And to close is always really nice to end on an appreciation round. You know, thank you for sharing. Mm. This must have been very difficult for you. You know, I obviously do say things that you mean, you know, I love you. Thank you. I really appreciate you and hug, you know, spend some time. Maybe you need to have a space. Also don't make that mean anything. If you feel like you need to go for a walk, uh, do, um, not, you know, and you know, your partner is a powerful person. Don't not go for a walk because you're afraid that they're going to make it mean anything. If they're going to make it mean anything, then you talk about that. <laughs> yes. Would you mm. say location as well is quite important for these conversations? <laughs> Yeah, yes. don't, yeah. Again, it's part of the kind of um, we've got the permission of like is now a good time. But yeah. Now part of now being a good time is also where are you like driving? Don't have conversation when you're driving. 
bad idea. <laughs> Unless you've got something really beautiful to say and you're the one that's driving potentially, okay, that could be okay. But because you're, someone's not going to be fully focused on listening to you. Yes. So whenever they're doing something else, um, you know, in a crowded place, for instance, like a restaurant, that might not be a great time to have the conversation. No. Um, you know, I find, you know, we generally, we're at home alone. Before bed, we we kind of enacted a rule, which we're semi-good at doing, is like not having certain conversations before bed because we're tired Interesting. as well. I don't really like yeah. to talk for the first two hours of the day. And I don't like to talk for the last two hours on the end of the day. So really those are two parts of the day we're out as well. Um and sometimes a question we ask is like, I need to talk to you about something. The response can be like, how heavy is this? Like, what is it about roughly? You know, just so we can gauge whether I have capacity right now. Yeah. Because you might yeah. say, can I talk to you right now? And you might just want to ask me like, what do we want to buy from the supermarket? Now I'm suddenly like, oh my God, there's something <laughs> terrible. And she might go, I say, oh, what's it about? And you go, oh, it's just about going to the supermarket. I go, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, ask me now. You know, or, how long do you feel this might take? How long do you yes. feel the conversation yeah. might take? Because that's also a really important thing, you know? Like we've had this before where it's like, oh, I have something to talk about. Okay, how long do you think it might take? Oh, it's actually quite quick. It'll probably be five minutes. So time, yeah. you know, generally if it's five minutes, it's going to be 15 minutes okay I've got time for that or I haven't got time for that and I yeah. have time for that later on everyone's always really scared of the let's talk or can we have a chat those kind of lines how do we enter into that conversation without kind of saying something that's going to scare someone in the first place um so you mentioned breath is interesting as we even say this in our relationship as soon as someone either of us someone <laughs> either of us uh, are saying you know um i need to talk like we both do a big breath <laughs> it's very interesting we both just breathe <laughs> and sometimes it's like and you know if you know it's about supermarket you look at me and i'm like i must be able to breathe and now you've gone to an extent of doing shaking i was like oh my god fuck it's shaking no it's not a big thing and um, so just you know like breathing it sounds so simple but it's so important like just take a big you know deep breath just connect to your body and mm. just also really trust that your partner is a powerful human high likely if it's a difficult conversation it is gonna scare them you know so it's almost like yeah. this thing of it's like i'm gonna trust that my partner is a powerful human being and i am in integrity and commitment to supporting them in being in the highest state available to them at that time and at the same time they are gonna do the work that they need to do to be at the highest highest state that they can possibly be at the time yeah. and you know it's all about like really owning it like this is something don't say you know like Every time you do this, you know, you never um, to, uh, I don't know why I do that voice, but, um, you know, <laughs> this is me, so me shouting. Um, but, um, you know, just like this is something that's come up for me and it's come yeah. up for me a couple of times. And when X, Y, Z happens, I can't help but to feel. So mm. now I'm bringing it out because the 
honor to us is to look at it, even though it scares us to death, because the alternative is to suppress it, which leads yeah. to disconnection. And even if it's today, you know, and this is of course how we show up in our relationship, when there is a disconnection, the first question I ask myself is where am I creating this disconnection? Yeah. Where am I resentful to David for not speaking up about what I probably needed to speak up about two weeks ago? Because at the time it was maybe just didn't feel right. And then I just, mm. Ignored it instead of just honoring what was there. So accept that things are scary and you might scare them, but they yeah. are powerful. And so are you. And you're committed to supporting yourself and them. Do you think the conversation should be like, we need to have, not we need to have a chat, but like, you know, when people send the text earlier in the day, maybe it's like, oh, later can we have a chat? Do you think there should be such a big gap in between that? Or do you think it should be like, I'm ready now to have a chat, let's then mm, kind of mm. say it then? I think it's interesting because everyone's a bit different, isn't it? You know, like I can pretty much talk about anything in any moment. Like I can be nimble, you know, if you're like, I need to talk, I can be like, okay, if I've got an hour, then yeah give me three breaths and I'm ready to go. Um, that's not the case for everybody. Some people like to, you know, work themselves up and be ready. Some people, if you tell them, hey, I need to have a chat with you, they then spend the rest of the day stressing and thinking yes. about how terrible it's going to be. And it's a difficult one because, you know, sometimes there is something you want to talk about. Um, I don't have a definitive answer for this myself. I think you've really got to, you know, who are you with? How are they? What do they prefer? Mm. Maybe it's even a sort of conversation to have in your relationship. Yeah. Like, okay, so yeah, how, I, do we when, how do we approach needing to talk about something serious? Like, is me sending you a text at the beginning of the day saying, I want to talk about it. Is that a bad idea? Does that work for you? Is it, I just say it when I want to talk about it, asking for permission, all these things. And, mm. you know, part of relating and being in a relationship is you get to design how these things work between the two of you and what structures work for you. It's like having a conversation around, it's like a, it's like a meta conversation, isn't it? It's a conversation around the conversation. It's like, mm. how do we want to have these sorts of conversations? <laughs> because you get to decide between the two of you, how yeah. your relationship functions and how, what works for you. And obviously you're not going to get it right. Like we didn't get it right. This is two and a half years of having conversations and just tweaking things constantly. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, the way that that conversation happened didn't work because of this. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can take that on board and, and remember that. Yeah, yeah. And just because, you know, the person who wants to share are ready, it doesn't mean that the other person is ready to receive them. And that's also, yes. and I have, this has been a big journey for me. I've had to take really, you know, I love the phrase radical self-responsibility. I'm going to write a book about it. Heard it first. Um, and you, you know, because this is how I'm feeling and I then must, you know, in a respectful way, like it's now a good time for you. And if it isn't, then it's like, okay, when is, and then it's seeing in yourself, what is your capacity truly, mm. you know, to hold what you have to share until they are ready. Or is it today that like, this is like red alert. I need to talk to you because I'm fucking losing my shit. Yeah. Then, but then we also must be like, you know, it's a bit like boy, quiet wolf. If that's every time, then maybe we need to look <laughs> at our capacity and, you know, sit with that and you see, oh, every time it's red alert. Oh shit. Okay. Am I really anxious? What can I do yeah. to self-soothe? You know, yeah. what sort of emotional what work sort of do, emotional, I, yeah. what do I need to do to reduce, to reduce my already kind of full emotional bucket so that yeah. when things happen, it's not a red alert all the time. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay, so the next question is how to deal with different levels of sex drive? <laughs> mm. It's always good to talk about the sex drive. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a very good question and it's very important. So what, again, comes down to communication that maybe yeah. doesn't feel so sexy, but to have sexier time, you know, it is worth talking about it. You know, what is a, being aware of our own sex drive and like, when do we love, like, how often would we love to have sex? How often would you like to have sex? Oh, it would be so nice if, I mean, I would, would love to do it every day, but I also don't think it's realistic. I mean, I could always, when you're up for it, I'm up for it, basically. Um, <laughs> you know, so like, how often do you want to have sex? And when is the best time? Is it like morning? Is it evening? Is it weekend? You know, and if it's a, if it's a huge, in, you know, if it's a huge different, it was good, you know, in terms of compat- compatibility, mm. ideally it's like, you know, this is what I want. This is what I'm into. This is how I would love to get there. And the other person yeah. kind of like fits in similarly to you. Uh, so it's first having a conversation. How often would I love to have sex? What does even sex mean? Mm. Is that touching? Is it massage? Is it penetration? Is it coming? You know, um, yeah. What does it even mean for you? Um, and when do you want to have sex? And if it's a huge difference, you know, it's a huge difference in that, that is also to look at that. Okay. You want to have sex. Like, you know, this is not true, but you know, you love to have sex like once a month and I want to have sex every day. <laughs> That's quite an imbalance. So it's like, okay, is this my true sexual needs? Or is it a desire? It would be a desire for me to have sex every day. It's not a need though. But if we don't have sex every week, I might be like, this is something, you know, and what do you need? Is it that you have a low sex drive because you don't feel sexy or, you know, um, I don't appreciate you or is it something that I can do and what can you do Mm. to increase your sex drive? But if it's like really different, then it can also be, okay, well, how do we approach this? Because this is really a need and is going away from that our partner can fulfill everything and it's also looking at what's underneath what do you want from sex yeah what's the feeling that you want to experience from having sex like because some people the feeling they want is closeness is intimacy right and if that's the feeling you want from sex and you say this to your partner you might ask yourself then what other ways can i feel Mm -hmm. closeness and intimacy because sometimes we have a feeling and we go, oh, that means I want to have sex, right? And we've never really explored what that feeling really is. So mm. when we spend some time with that and maybe discussion with a partner, we might find that actually what I really want is a, a naked hug. And our partner might go, oh yeah, well I could, I could, you know, get down with that. That's fine. Like, oh, and then that will satisfy some of that, that sex drive that's there. And then also I think for us who if you have a lower sex drive, it's starting to look at why as well. Like I'm not to demonize anything, but it's like, if for instance, you're stressed all the time, maybe that's something to look at, you know, like yeah. you stress because of work all the time. Okay. What's there for you? Cause I'm the chance I don't want to be stressed all the time. Maybe there's having to look at that. And again, there's no, there's no demonizing of anyone who has feel they have a low sex drive. Mm. It's like, you know, for me, I don't often want to have sex when I'm stressed. Like it becomes a lasting in my mind. And I know this is an evolutionary thing as well. So it's like, okay, so I want to have sex more when I'm not stressed. 
okay, cool. What can we do between us to remove stress from our lives? Okay, we can do a lot for that. You know, we can meditate, we can do breath work, we can exercise, we can work less, you know, all these things. Yeah. So it's looking at some of the underlying function of that without judgment, without the judgment yeah. of like, oh, you're you're a nymphomaniac, you're always horny or, oh my God, you never want to have sex. Because when we bring those in, that's judgment and that suppresses our want to express. So it's like, you know, just having some mature conversations about it. Um, also, I think some of it is looking at What's the story about sex? What's our story about what sex is? Like, you know, because that's possibly affecting our sex drive, you know, something that's coming up quite a lot in the coaching that I'm doing with, with men who are in relationship is where sex has become a stressful thing in itself. It's a place where judgment happens, where um, emotional attack can happen, where they feel not good enough, where they feel they're not performing well and all these sorts of things. So their sex drives have diminished massively because sex yeah. has been related with pain, you know, emotional pain. So they don't want to have sex. So then we need to start honestly looking at that. Like, how are you reacting to each other in the moments where, say, I don't know, for if you're in heterosexual relationships, the man doesn't get an erection. How does his partner react to that? If there's a reaction of judgment or blame, then that's going to affect his desire for sex. That's going to affect his desire. So it's like creating a safe space. Mm. Like I created, I did a whole episode about the importance of safety as an aphrodisiac in our relationships, mm. creating a safe space in a relationship to not be perfect sexually and how we talk about that, navigate that in a way that's free of shame and judgment, because you'd be very surprised how quickly a couple start having more sex when they feel safe to yeah. like, come too quickly or, you know, not come or come quickly or, you know, make noise and not make noise or whatever it may be. It's, 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 it really does affect our mind affects our desire a, yeah. a hell of a lot. So it's not doomed then if you've got different sex drives, it's not like game over. No, no. Like yeah. I think we have, yeah, we have massively different sex drives, but like, like a couple times a week is pretty good for me. Really? And you like it every day. So sometimes I stretch, <laughs> sometimes we don't. Like sometimes she's horny, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I do feel, you know, it's always, and this is why it's even, you know, like I, like the matchmaking agency is like that I, that I run. It's like, it's all about sexual compatibility and, you know, compatibility outside the bedroom. But it's like, let's get clear on who your sexual authentic self is. And what you want, because this is something like some, lots of us are like, you know, suppressing this and putting it into shame, which means that in a relationship six months in that I, I do really love going to sex clubs, you know, and the other person is like, what? <laughs> this is something we have never talked about, not from a place of shaming them, but it's like, maybe that's not that what they want, you know? So it's yeah. again, it's like coming back to like so much, like really owning who we are, also our sexual self. But if mm. you're in a relationship and listening to this and you started dating someone you really like and you're listening to this and you know sex drives are different as you know you summarize it like no it is not a it's not a bad thing you can do so much around it when it's you know let's look at it let's let's talk about let's just see it yeah. for what it is that is there and also yeah. self-pleasure right i have come to realize like for me personally and i know this isn't always a, a standard like things for men around things like ejaculation, how often they're self-pleasuring, what their self-pleasure looks like. Again, mm. I feel can really affect our desire um, yeah. for sex. And it's something that I've worked with a number of guys around is like getting the self-pleasure practice where they feel energized and they also able to 
um, increase their desire for sex in general, right? So they become more connected to their own sexual self and their own pleasure. So they bring that pleasure into, into their relationships as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Okay, so the next question is, how do you create emotional intimacy? Mm. Emotional intimacy, love it. Safety. Yeah. Being safe to express your emotions, training a safe environment. Uh-huh. I think the word intimacy, you could basically, the more and more I think the word intimacy means safety. And I've seen this written before, you know. Like sexual safety, hmm, sexual intimacy, you know, emotional intimacy, safety. How safe am I to express an emotion like anger, you know? Yeah. Like I've got into a practice recently since I've come back of like having ways to move emotion, anger, frustration, right? How safe am I in my relationship to go in a room and scream? And that just to be cool in my relationship. And for me to come outside and also like, okay, cool. No, no, like, oh, why did you do that? Did I do something to make you do that? And then we're in a big conversation. It's just like, it's okay. I have emotion. Like there's an acknowledgement that she has feelings and I have feelings. She has emotions. I have emotions and she can express those. And sometimes I might have a reaction to that and that's also okay. But I also am responsible for that. So it's allowing each other to have emotion, um, not expecting them to be always be perfect with handling that because again, we're human beings. Mm. Um, and it's the safe, creating safe environments within ourselves to feel first of all, right? Not first of all, but as well, like how much do you allow yourself to feel? Mm. Do you allow yourself to feel upset? Do you allow yourself to feel frustrated? Do you have mechanisms to get more in touch with that? You know, I spend a lot mm. of my time with my clients being like, how can we get you to feel more? Like, how can we talk about this? How can we surface some of the emotions that are there? Because when we start to have contact with our own emotions, we our capacity for other people's increases because we've got compassion. Because like, I know what it's like to feel really angry and frustrated. So when you're angry and frustrated, I can just kind of observe her almost, not completely detached, 
because I care about her, but it's like, oh, she's feeling that. Yeah, that's okay. But if I don't allow emotion in myself, when you feel something, I'm going to fucking hit my roof. And I tell you this because that's how I was, right? Yeah. If my partner cried, crying is something that's still, it's something I've really had to move through over the, the last few years. It's like, when she cries, my automatic thing is, is I've done something wrong and I need to stop the crying, right? But that's not to do with her. That's because of my own reaction to, to crying. Now she cries, yeah. I'll stand there, watch her cry until she's complete crying and she wants something else. And this is how we, we do. We, and, we, and it's a responsibility as well, but like creating a safe space for emotions to be expressed um, is a really important part of emotional intimacy for me. And mm. something that has been transformational, I would say, is um, something that you really brought to the relationship is speaking your truth in the moment. Like in terms of how you're feeling about me or about the relationship or just yeah. that you're happy about, you know, whatever but like it's like that raw emotion of course that can come forth when we have also looked at what prevents us from feeling the love or the openness or the vulnerability which means it's just like the purest form and sharing it in the moment mm -hmm. you know that's been so powerful to like hear it as your it is like filters through in your body yeah and you really truly fear it is your truth mm. and you say it right there and that like you hear it it's just like it's just like a vibrational exchange of oh my god i'm really receiving this real time you know and that's of mm. course it's beautiful to receive and also to create that moment it's been so many years of work for you to allow yourself to feel that and not make it mean anything that you're a man and feeling these things and that emotions are not bad and equally I can really hear it and I can really hear it you know like it resonates yeah. with me like oh I can fully receive you and on both in ends. this moment on both ends so it's like it's like zip, it's like from heart to heart yeah but so, both yeah. ends of like Oh my God, I love it when you do that. I'm, I'm, I feel so happy in this moment. Like, yeah. because often when we think, you know, I go there sometimes, it's like, oh, the harder emotions to express. Sorry, I know I interrupted you. Um, is to also express the joy, mm. the elation, the happiness. Like, you know, and I see this in my work with men. I find, and it's my experience as well myself, a lot of men struggle to, exp to express joy. Like absolute joy. That's why men love football because it's the only place they can really be joyful. <laughs> like a man can go to a football match and scream and shout and be happy and really just like feel joy. Yeah. But if you saw a man in the street who was just like, yes, like really happy, we'd all look at them like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Oh but if we gosh. see someone crying in the street, we're like, mm, they're crying. Oh, we struggle with absolute like joy and elation. We struggle to see that in people. We become yeah. suspicious. So... Actually, it's also in your relationship, part of the intimacy is being like, I deeply love you. Like, I feel so happy that we're together. Like saying that as well as, oh my God, I'm really angry or I'm sad. It really, yes. you stretch the, the range in your relationship. Mm. So it's like, be really mindful actually when you're like, I want to create emotional intimacy, but your only emotions you're, you're, you're going to is the kind of um, the, the heavier end all the time. And you're not 
allowing themselves to express the good things because that is something that really chips away at the the joy in a relationship as yeah. well. Yeah, and to to round it off, what I would really love to say is almost like the word that comes up for me is like the the quality of the share. And when mm. I say quality, it doesn't mean that it needs to be good emotions. It can be any emotions. Let's not label them. Um, and just like almost like in this purest form. You know, when we bring the emotion into the relationship, we have also been responsible for doing the best that we can to remove story, to remove fear, to remove, you know, the old, to just like remove. So when it's actually expressed, it's like the purest form that's being expressed. And it's like you can work with that, you know? Yeah. Mm. Amazing. So the next question is how to keep the spice after six plus years in and you feel like you've tried everything. Yeah, I feel like it's not necessarily about trying everything, right? Because that gives you a variety, mm. uh, gives you the, the, the breadth. How deep are you willing to go? How deep are you willing to go into each other and each other's world and feeling each other? you know, the level of presence that you're going to bring to each other and attention, like really be deeply attentive. Like, mm. you know, even opening up about what past experiences have really felt like, what they, why they were magical, why they were beautiful. And, you know, if we've tried flogging one day, it's not a tick box exercise of like, mm, we're done flogging. Cool, flogging's complete. <laughs> flogging's not complete. <laughs> flogging is an art. I'm not, I'm not. Into, I'm not particularly into flogging, but I did recently <laughs> observe a few men flogging with incredible artistry. You know, it was, I was, I watched them like I was watching um, an artist paint a picture. Cause I was like, wow, wow. look at that detail. And like, I really paid attention. Like, wow, look how he's moving his arm and he's rocking his hips and bring that sort of level of, of attention to what you do with your partner and not just see this as a kind of tick box exercise. Oh, we went to a sex club once. Oh, done. That's done. Mm. But actually it's like, what was the, like you said before, what's the quality of the sex club? Like what sort of sex club did we go to? Did we go to like a tantric play party? Did we go to a BDSM club? Did we go in different places? You know, it's like really be a connoisseur of you and your partner's connection and your sexual intimacy like be a connoisseur of that. So the attention you're bringing is so deep, so present that you're always finding these new things to take joy from in each other and in each other's connection. Mm. And also over time, you know, it's very easy that part, you know, we start as individuals and, you know, we are attracted and and we fall in love and we have our own thing going on in Mm. a romantic relationship. Those worlds come together, you know, we're endeavor in a healthy way. Um, And over time, it's very easy for those worlds and the individuality to really get morphed into one Mm. you know we're like talking about the same thing all the time we look the same we always do the same things my interest is now his interest you know his friends is now all my friends you know and it's nothing like looking at that that's not you know completely a, a bad thing but it's also looking at like how much of my individuality is wrapped up in the relationship and is there any room for even like missing each other and being attracted to each other and, you know, being reminded of the qualities from your partner by also spending Mm. time apart, you know, especially in the last couple of years, you know, we were really on top of each other. (laughs) Um, you know, it's really important to keep that individuality. Like, 
yes. bringing the spark into a relationship, I firmly believe is like, do you even feel the spark in your life, in your individual life? Like, Oof. are you, you know, it's like, because I'm doing this work, like on a much deeper level, like sometimes even, you know, the, the mission that I'm on in the communities where I'm creating, when I'm creating like a workshop, like I feel fucking turned on. Like I can feel <laughs> my genitals. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like good. You know, the women that I'm with, like the activities that I'm doing, the food that I'm eating, what I'm wearing, mm. you know, it's like, I'm really falling in love with myself and my life. And I feel fucking turned on by conversations like my female friend. And when I say I'm not turned on by them in a sexual way, but it's like, God, I love how you show up. You know, I love that you created this thing, which yes. means that because I am really strong in, in who I am outside the relationship that also brings new elements of me. Hey, I would love for you to see yes. this new side. We even have a, uh, I was going to say meeting, but uh, we're meeting up tomorrow <laughs> to talk about your learnings from some of your um, uh, retreats that you've gone to so that you can share what you have learned so that I can get to know him mm. more. So it's always that thing is like a how turned on, how spiced up is your life, like your life. And then you mm. can also look at the relationship and just like do this thing. It's like, you know, there is like, we don't have time to go in for that today, but it's like, polarity it's like how much do you practice even receiving how much do you practice how much are you practicing like being active how much are you bringing yes. towards a relationship like energy as well but yeah so important this kind of goes into the next question a bit actually which is how to not put all your energy just into the relationship yeah um, something that comes up a lot is um, people that are fearful of losing themselves in a relationship. Yeah. And it's even in the dating stages, you can do it at any stage, but it's even in the dating stages, you know, uh, to really like, this is who I am. This is all the things that I'm into. These are my hobbies. These are my interests. These are my values. This is what I would love mm. to do. This is my growth journey. This is something that I used to really enjoy and I haven't created time for it. And also bring that in when dating. I know that it's so much more attractive to like, oh, this is so cute. We're just going to like have another sleepover. And I don't know if yeah. you know, people call it that. But you know, um, I call it that. Uh, oh yeah, I quite liked it. Oh, yeah. sleepovers. Um, and you know, <laughs> it's much more like it's much more it feels like ah oh, like in the immediate pleasure of staying in bed a little bit longer for your partner with your partner should I say um but were you gonna do something on your own that day were you gonna meet your friends were you gonna look at that new activity how about that new book how about that new you know hobby are you doing those things it's so important <laughs> because it's like we just kind of you know and it's beautiful it's like I feel like there's a difference of coming together and mm. collapsing together somehow. Mm, mm. Yes. Now, now I'm all, and, and it also is like romanticized, I think from society where it's like, it's romanticized, you know, to, to a certain point. So just like keep your individuality. What are you interested in? What does that look like? Pursue those. Um, as much as you also spend time with, um, you yeah. know, in the relationship and feel into that and just be true to it. And, you know, we talk a lot about creating time in the relationship, have the, you know, relationship check-ins that allows you to communicate, have date nights, have play nights, absolutely schedule in time for sex. And we also 
um, scheduling time for a long time. I go to my women's group, you go to men's group, I go to breathwork on my own, you go to breathwork on your own. You know, you we travel, you know, you do that more than me, but it's even like you go to your own retreat. Sounds like, oh, I want to go to Barcelona for four days, yes. you know, and just check in with yourself. When do I want to do things? And when am I saying no to what I would love to create out of fear of what it means or what my partner is going to think and, you know, continue living your life and also devote time to your partner. You know, it's a balance. Yeah. They're not in competition. Yes. It's so easy to just, as you say, collapse into a relationship. And cause you like yeah. love spending time with that person. So yes. you want to spend time with them and you kind of forget about all the other things. Yeah. And this is, again, it's like taking that responsibility and I'm very, you know, open and honest with like, you know, there is a part of me that like, if I could, I'd be like this close to David or they, or they like, I love the way you feel. And, you know, it's yeah. like, I love it. But I also recognize that that's also what I've done in the past. And that didn't turn out very well for anyone, yes. you yeah. know? So there's like, what's the, you know, what's the opposite, like, not the opposite, but like, what's the alternative? How can I do it different? How do I get to tweak this? And also what role models have you got? My parents, never did anything without them without each other my 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 dad was like what are you going to the gym again why are you going to the gym can't you just be <laughs> home because he loves my mom you know he wants he, oh. my mom my dad wants my mom to be with him all the time wow you know if it was them it would be like them in the beautiful summer house in sweden you know but so what i saw was my mom probably giving in to wanting to also be with dad which is not a bad thing but i was like even as a child i was like, when you visit arizona Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like, mom, just go to the gym, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Go and do these things, you know? And so I didn't grow up with any role models, even though it felt healthy, you know, in what I saw and what I observed. I also didn't see it modeled where they mm. spent any time apart. So when I yeah. met you and you were like, oh, I, I love space. I was like, what? <laughs> already? <laughs> this is not good. Already? Because that was my story. Already we've only been together for a few months. And now he yeah. needs to like go away on his own. You know, but yeah. it doesn't mean anything. So uh -huh. look at your what is your parents doing what are your friends doing and just like just mm -hmm. follow your own truth if you want to have some time on your own it's highly recommended if in yeah. fact you should absolutely celebrate that awesome okay the next question is long distance tips how to communicate your needs without seeming like a bag <laughs> Long distance is tricky because <clears throat> you need to find a balance of like how the two of you like to communicate, how often you want to communicate. Yeah. You need to create playfulness and fun. Um, you know, I, there was a suggestion I made to uh, a group of guys recently. One of them was in a long-term relationship. He was like, you know, how do I keep things, you know, um, 
playful. And I said, well, maybe when you're together in, maybe you're in a house, their house together and then you're in their house. I was like, maybe you could just leave little gifts around the house so that when you're not there, you can point them to little things. Like it doesn't have to be anything huge. It could be, I don't know, a couple of Haribo, you know, in a, in a little packet or something like that. So that when they, you can direct them there like, ah, why don't you go to your sock drawer and inside your purple and orange socks, take a look inside there. You know, like as, you know, if you did that, I'd be like, oh, that's super cute that there's like, you know, some Haribo in there or, you know, whatever, like something like <laughs> that, because it's really playful and you can do that randomly at times. Yeah. Um, but also is to be like, we have to realize that we have needs. It's a really important part, right? And we have this term needy, which, you know, it's a difficult term because like we have needs and there's some needs that we can, we can fulfill ourselves. Right. Mm. And there's some needs that we want our partner to fulfill. And it's also to realize that our partner can say no. <laughs> and that's okay. It doesn't mean they don't care about us. It just means that there's not something they want to do. And we should be allowed to say yes and no to things in our relationship and still love each other. And this is a difficult thing. How do we say no and maintain connection? Because that is the a really important thing. Because that's the fear that if I say no to something, then I've, I create disconnection. It's like, actually, we can say no lovingly. We can say no, but, or we can no no and, or no, you know, no to that, but maybe yes to this. And it's like realizing that our, our partners are not just our, our needs machines and that they just have to fulfill all our needs. We're not some, they're not some sort of genie for us. So I guess it's a case of like, you know, having a conversation, like, you know, how would it be best for me to communicate what I need? You know, mm-hmm. maybe we sit in, and maybe there's an example, like I need to, you know, talk once a day and the other partner goes, okay, yeah, I don't know if I can give that to you, you know, every yeah. week. So what would it look like for you if we, is there some other way that that can be fulfilled? Like, what are you, a bit like with the sexual intimacy, what is the feeling you're looking for? Oh, you're looking for feeling connected. Okay, yeah. what if we did voicemails, voice messages, would that be? Yeah, there could be a compromise there. Mm. Or maybe, you know, relationships also a compromise. So maybe you would go to, we have this fear that expressing needs will make us needy, right? And there's once upon a time where I would struggle with a partner had needs, you know, because I just was like, that felt like burden for me. Mm. I felt like, oh God, you have needs. Oh my God, I have to do this. And it's because I believed I had to do it. When we create a choice in a relationship that there's there's, there's a yes and a no, that burden starts to, to be removed. And also in when we have needs, we're assuming that we're a burden as well. There's an assumption of being a burden, right? In the question, there's an assumption that there's something wrong with having needs and that having needs will cause a burden. So it's like, yeah. let's take a look at these beliefs between us together in a relationship so we can create a safe space for asking and desiring and requesting things. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful answer. This question's quite an interesting one and I really love it for this podcast. How to not feel weak because of being in love with someone? Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's so many different ideas and stories about what we make it mean about like 
being in love or wanting a relationship even mm-hmm. a lot of people are making it wrong that is somehow you know a wrong thing to be in a relationship or wanting i spoke with someone just last week and she was like i feel tremendous shame i really want to meet a man you know and and she was like and then straight away and she was like you know because you know i'm happy with my life i'm happy with it like she started to justify straight away and it's just like it's even like about love or vulnerability like what what definition have we got about that? You know, what's the initial reaction to love? What do we make love mean? What does the word, is it empowering or disempowering for you? Like what story mm. belief system have you got about the word love and how can you reframe it into a way where it feels, you know, empowering and, and loving and really get to your why, why you want love and why you are falling in love and why you want to have a relationship and really like, learn to kind of make that match between the two and just like how can I own you know five percent more of this and then five percent more of that and you know because it's it's very easy that yeah we feel like again there's something wrong with wanting to have a relationship or there's something wrong with falling in love and you know like what story have we got about love to to begin with it's like what lens are you currently viewing love from? I guess you know what's being reflected feel, back to you. Yeah, I guess because people feel vulnerable, don't they? Once yes, they, they fall do. in love, and that's where the feeling of being weak comes from. Mm. Is being vulnerable. We hate being vulnerable. I think, but actually, it's mm. just such a beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's again, you know, how how we look at the word vulnerability, you know, being vulnerable and really, again, you know, expressing your true self, this is really who I am, is yeah. the chance to also be loved for that. First of all, absolutely loving ourselves. But, you know, when we've done that and feel like we're open to capacity for someone else, yeah. um, is that you know, we, we want to experience love and vulnerability and we can have a lens that this is scary and, you know, this can potentially mean rejection and they're going to maybe, you know, um, move away from me or they don't want me. I'm going to be abandoned, but by showing up your true self and being loved with that and loving yourself and hearing it, you know, there is so much healing in that. There is just so much healing and there is so much nourishment and there is so much like acceptance and love is a mirror for you to see different things that, should I say, relationship and love, you know, it's a different mirror that mirrors different things back to you so that you can go deeper on that journey and and love that part of you, accept that part of you, honor that part of you, you know, Mm. and that is like, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful. So for me, vulnerability used to feel really like emotion used to be weak. I was like, this is, I, I thought being a woman, I was like, this is just bullshit. Like being a woman is so against me. Like always in sport, always in business, always these things, you know, but really turning around the story of what I make it mean to be a woman, what I made it mean to be vulnerable, what I made it mean to fall in love. It's like those three things, hands down, is my like biggest strengths. I teach, ironically, those three things. You know, if you spoke to me three, you know, six years ago, I'd be like, I'm not touching that. No, I'm off to another meeting and make some more money you know it's not like I don't want to make money now but I have more you know I've just really changed the story that I have about what what it means and you can look at what maybe is challenging is scary but also look at what you could get you know why don't we entertain that a little bit more yeah also I say 
how do I put this? When we're loving, when we feel love for someone, right? Love without need and expectation. And I know that's really difficult to do, right? Because when mm. we start putting in the expectation is when we start to feel really weak because yeah. we, we need, we need something in return and we're, we're at the beck and call of someone else. So love without need to be loved in return. And, but also who else in your life can you love? You know, like, you know, the romantic love, but there's love of a friend, there's love of humanity, there's love of nature, like really give love more openly, more freely so that the only place you're, mm. so that but a romantic love isn't the only place you get love. That it's not your only source of love because when that's the only source of your love, you'll become a bit grabby in that area. And that can be very, that can very much push love away from you in that, in that way. So it's just like, where can I connect to love in other places in my life through work, passion, whatever it may be, um, is a really important place and also embrace the vulnerability. Like I've been in love with people who didn't love me back. And like, that was an incredible teacher. And one of the biggest lessons I took, and this was probably not long before we met was like, shit, yeah, I love someone who didn't love me back. I survived it, you know? (laughs) So like, if I can deal with that, then, you know, what else can I deal with? You know, it's, it's, it's looking at it from, from multiple angles. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So the next question is how to put yourself first with a partner that has a long-term condition or disability. Where are we um, supported or what are our needs? So like, where is our support? You know, what do I need and what proportion, you know, is leaned against a romantic relationship and, and the partner and how can we communicate that? And what I'm hearing more from this question, though, is like, how do they not feel bad for also prioritizing themselves? Yeah. So that's also like, you know, just be very aware when you're doing your thing, whatever that is. Um, just be aware of like, oh, what is the emotion that comes up for you? And what do you make it mean? What is your story currently in your mind? And is that your fear? Is that you know, worst case scenario, is that your anxiety speaking or you feeling like you should, you know, you're not good enough or what kind of does it play into? And just really be inquisitive of that. What do you make it mean? And like, is it true? And if these feelings come back over and over and again to, to the extent that you're not choosing yourself, that's also for something to bring into the relationship, you know, to this is something that comes up for me. You know, it's, I, I just can't, I struggle. This is something I really wanted to do. And I, I just feel so bad. And, you know, what, what, yeah, just to kind of like air it and the partner could maybe be, okay, well, this is how they view it. And maybe they just need to hear that, you know, it's okay. Like, I would love for you to, to do these things. Um, so you can kind of get a chance to work with it yourself and also hear it from, hear it from your partner. Mm. Um, yeah, because I hear there's more that story than the reality of the relationship. Yeah. And I think there's also, there's also when you are taking time for yourself and you are going to do the things you want to do, being really present in that, like in, in, in being there instead of doing, you know, maybe this person likes to, I don't know, go to dance classes. Don't do, go, go to the dance class and dancing and thinking how, oh my God, I hope my partner's all right. Oh, maybe they didn't really want me to go. Oh, I feel guilty because 
you're not, you're not really there, you know? So it's like when there are opportunities to do things, go and really be wholeheartedly in there, you know, wholeheartedly present and then come back to your relationship so that you're taking the goodness from the thing that you're doing. Um, because, you know, and I can see this with, with some of my clients where there's been, you know, things like serious depression and, and so forth in their relationship that it means that a lot of energy has to go to one partner. And it's also like discussions between the two of you is like, okay, like how do we make this work? I, these are my needs. This is what I need. And this is what you need. Okay. Where can you get some of these needs met elsewhere? You know, a bit like what we were saying before was like, where can you, maybe there's some support to bring into the relationship. How can you get some support from other people, family members, mm. friends, maybe professionals, right. To bring in so that, you know, you're not the only person this person relies upon for support. It's like creating a support network or whatever that looks like for you so that there's multiple people there to support so that yeah. both of you feel that you can be, you know, ex fully expressed human beings in, in the most possible way. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I've got one last question. When to know to call it quits in a long-term relationship? Mm, this is a... It's a I'm big gonna, one. Yeah, I'm going to quote someone... I did a podcast with a guy called uh, Dr. Robert Glover. And he said, you know, there's two things you need to be when it comes to relationships. You need to know, you need to be a good picker. <laughs> it's American, so you're a good picker. And you need to be a good ender. You need to know when to end things. Because ultimately, that's what dating especially is about. It's about picking and ending, right? It's knowing, you know, if, you, if you're a bad picker and you're a bad ender, then dating is a, is a horrendous <laughs> journey for you. <laughs> when to call it quits. <laughs> God, what's been the story for me? I think when, if there's resentment and you can't get past the resentment, resentment is a really difficult one in relationship. Once resentment builds yeah. and you don't start dealing with it early on, it just grows and it starts mm. to take over the whole relationship. Um, I think when you have no desire anymore to make it work, when your desire to make it work is really diminished and has gone and you're just like, this can't work. I feel like once you believe it can't work and you're like, okay, this, I don't think this is going to change. I don't think anything can happen here. Yeah. Once the belief has disappeared, but for some people, they're always, you know, optimistic as well. So I think it's looking at the, the, the facts as well of how the two people are acting, the commitment from both people as well. Like, are you with someone who's also, if two people are like, 190% committed to making the relationship work, you're in a good situation. You've got good, you got a better probability. But if you're with someone who isn't really trying to make your relationship work, isn't really listening to, you know, the things that you're suggesting to make things better, they're making suggestions of their own, but they're not really trying. Um, I think we need to look at like effort and willingness is such an important part of relating, you know, mm. you know, and I go, I know some people have story and fear and they can get in the way of effort, but I just feel like if, and I've been the person in the relationship to stop making the effort. So I'm really looking at it from, from that side. Um, if there's no willingness and there's no effort, and we have to look at these things really objectively as well. Cause sometimes we'll have a story about our partner being lazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, we have to look at it. Yeah, it's a really difficult one. Like I've ended relationships and I don't look back on any of my relationships that ended and think it shouldn't have ended. All of them, I look back and go, yeah, I ended it. 
mostly I ended them too late, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then too early. And I think that's because I have a tendency to be like, you know, optimistic and hopeful. But, you know, some of them should have ended way months before they, years even before they ended. So mm. I think it's just really looking at that, that kind of effort, willingness, your mindset around the relationship, the level of resentment um, towards each other. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah. Like, do you want the same thing? Mm. You know, like no communication can overcome two people who don't want the same thing. Yeah. You know, I think it's very, very important. And uh, to this is why we're big on like continuing to also have a conversation about relationship wants and, you know, what do we need? Because like life ebbs and flows, right? You know, you go through different um, seasons in your body. There is like different um, things that you, that you want and what your body wants and what your body needs and what you would love to explore. And it's so important that like even you know, as, as someone who match make couples as well, like compatibility is never a done deal. Mm. Just because you were highly compatible in the beginning of your relationship, life mm. happens, life changes, you change. And this is what people fucking are so scared about because it's like, what does this mean? Which means they're no longer present. They're not open to the now because they're like, but do I choose right? Am I choosing the right partner for me? How do I know that mm. this is going to work forever? Can someone sign you know, would they even try with marriages, don't they? Like sign on this paper and fucking promise me that you always... <laughs> promise you know, me you always love me and never leave me. In health and sickness and all the things, you know, which I, you know, you should you should love always people. You know, that's not what I'm what I'm saying, but it's, it's very important to just like continue to check in, you know, mm -hmm. is this what we still both want? Do we want the same thing? And can or have we got a similar idea about how to get there? Mm. Yes. You know, is our view about how to achieve X you know, somewhat yeah. similar. Can we kind of work together or our styles somewhat, you know, coming together throughout? So it's very important to like, do we want the same thing? Which is why it's so important to be very clear about what you want. Yes. Um, you know, and this is something that, you know, that, that changes. But this is why we're uh, big advocates for, for speaking often and checking in, literally, that's what it's called, like a relationship check-in. And one of the questions is something, uh, things I would like to change. The first mm. six months, I was petrified. I was like, oh no, I was really, really anxious. What's going to come up? But it's to choose the higher alternative view of going, what's the intention is for us to grow because we like each other and this could be something really beautiful and special. Okay, well, if I look at it from this lens, then hearing about change is the earliest convenience to speak about it. What do you need? What's come up for you? Is it a need, you know? Okay, yeah. how can we create this in the relationship? Because if we're still committing to making it work. Beautiful. That everything that you have said today has blown me away you both are amazing and your advice is just so priceless so thank you so much for sharing your time with me i appreciate it so much and i hope everyone that's listening does as well where can the listeners find you both so it's easiest to find me on instagram uh, it's coach with orsa and it's spelled coach with A-S-A, -A, so alpha, sugar, alpha. Um, that's the easiest way to, to find me. And if you're single and you believe in compatibility and communication, I also run a matchmaking agency uh, called Taylor Matched Way. <laughs> called Taylor Matched. So it's Taylor as in tailoring. So Taylor Matched. 
Yeah, Amazing. me. You can find me at the authentic man underscore. Um, you can find my website, um, www.theauthenticman.net. Um, you can also find my podcast as well. Um, the Authentic Man with David Chambers. If you want to hear more from me and Orsa, um, there's a podcast episode, episode number 100, where we sit down and talk about ourselves, our relationship and how that's evolved. Oh, that's a very good place to start. Yes. Um, and we're also running some programs together around relating. And I obviously run some stuff around masculinity and intimacy and connection and dating for men. So, you know, look us up because we've usually got something going on. Yeah, yeah. I into. highly recommend everyone go check you. you guys out. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for yeah, having thank us. Thank you for, thank and, you for having us. Uh, yeah, everyone who's sending in questions, we love you. Mm, you know, keep you. asking. Um, yes. Yeah, so grateful for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, awesome David, for joining me on Love High for not one, but two amazing episodes, which were filled with so much golden advice. Please, if you felt any connection with this episode, if you learned something from this episode, share it with someone in your life, because I feel like their words of wisdom just need to be spread all around the world so that we can all be better in turning up for ourselves and love and relationships. Also, thank you to everyone for sending in the questions. I loved that everyone wanted to get involved in the podcast. And also we're just open to learning and wanting to know more about how they can turn up in their own lives, their relationships and with love in general. So yeah, thank you so much for being a part of that. And I would just like to remind you of the Patreon, if you want to be a part of the community, part of the creative process of the podcast and part of the conversation over on the Discord. That's patreon.com slash lovehigh. That's only one pound a month to support me and the podcast. So yeah, please share this podcast far and wide with the people in your life, the people on your social media, leave me a rating and a review because it helps so much with the growth of the podcast. And I hope you're on this journey with me and want me to succeed in this podcast. <laughs> but other than that, you can find me on Instagram over at Florence Bark and you will hear more from me on Love High next week on Monday. Bye, my loves. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.